TLC. Not that that's a great welcome as far as what my dad in Florida mean, but you know, hey, we're in Ohio, and Ohio has wonderful weather. You get all the seasons to change, and I do like that. It's going to be a great day today. You're going to enjoy what we're talking about, and hopefully it will hit home. It hit home with me, and the Lord is saying you know, stuff that I'm working on, and I'm sure uh, probably everybody in here will be working on, but we're glad. Let's give a round of applause and a welcome to uh, our Facebook Live family that watches this on Facebook. God bless you guys. We're glad to have you with us as well. Well, we've talked a lot in the past uh, about goals at the first of the year. We've talked about vision. We've talked about serving our thoughts and the right kind of thoughts. And, you know, we want to make sure that we are on board with what God is doing. We talked about not giving up. Sometimes it's easy. You've just worn out and you just feel like giving up. And uh, so today, the title of this message, now I'm 58 years old. And uh, how many remember Jackie Gleason and the Honeymooners? Remember that? And he told Alice, I think Alice was his wife. But he told her, don't be a blabbermouth. So we're going to call this blabbermouth. So now don't elbow your neighbor or your husband or your wife. Hey, this one's about you. <laughs> we're going to talk about it in just such a way as that the Bible talks about life and death coming out of our mouth. So sometimes because of circumstances, we tend to blab what we feel. We tend to just say what we feel or because of things that are happening, we will just go ahead and say what's on our mind. There are people in this room and people all around and probably everybody in here, if you're breathing, sometimes wish you had a better filter on between your head and your mouth. There are some people that have no filter and don't want one and you're like, oh, you need one. You need a filter. There are people that will just say whatever they think and they don't, you know, oh, that's just how it is. Well, it doesn't have to be that way because there is life and death in our mouth. So we got to take a closer look of what we blab or what we speak is coming out of our mouth. So listen to that. I mean, you think about the Israelites in Egypt. They, when they are leaving Egypt, they waited all this time, you know, to get out of Egypt. It's an 11-day journey from where they were to the promised land. 11 days. Are we there yet? 40 years later, almost all of them don't even make it. We have to look at, like, why is that? It has to be some things that came out of their mouth. We're not going to look at all of those, but we're going to talk about that. I wanted to just start off by sharing a story of a man that wanted to be a monk. Went to a monastery, wanted to be a monk. He all, he's, oh, I just think that would be so cool. I want to be a monk. His goal in life was to become a monk. So he went there, talked to the head monk, and said, what do I need to do to join? He was told it's more difficult than he thought. He said, our monastery monks are only allowed to say two words every year. Every 12 months, they're allowed to say two words. He said, well, that sounds a bit extreme, but I've wanted to do this all my life. I'm going to give it a try. So he was shown to his room for the next 12 months. He never said a word. At the end of the first year, taken to the head monk, and he was told he could say his two words, and this is what the guy said, food's bad. He went back to his room, signed up for another 12 months. At the end of that, he came again to the head monk, two words. This time his two words were, bed's hard. Back again to his room, 12 months of silence went by, comes back to the head monk again, allowed for his two words, and these two words were, I quit. The head monk says, doesn't surprise me at all. You've done nothing but complain since you've been here. <laughs> Sometimes we speak things and we, we kind of just, ah, oh, well, you know what? God knows my heart. This is true. God does know your heart. 
but we give life to things that we say. We, well, God doesn't take care of details. You better read the word. He does. He says every idle word. That means you got to get a lot of things covered. Forgiveness, the blood, all of those kind of things. So we're going to talk about God. So then maybe I've been blabbing the wrong things. If you look in the mirror and you're still in the same place a year ago or five years and you've kind of, I'm, I keep looking at the same scenery. You know, some states, they're so flat, you can watch your dog run away for two weeks. And if you just look out your picture window and that's all you see and that's all you're going to see, maybe there's something linked with your mouth. Deuteronomy 1, 26 and 28 says, You complained in your tents and said, The Lord must hate us. That's why he's brought us here from Egypt. Hand us over to the Amorites to be slaughtered. Where can we go? Our brothers have demoralized us with their report. They tell us the people of the land are taller, more powerful than we are. Their towns are large. The walls rising high to the sky. We've even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So if we're starting to look at all the things around, maybe you're like, man, I'm in a, I'm in a hole, or I've just ah, I'm dug back in here. we got to start understanding, is there a reason? If we're noticing complaints coming out of our mouth, we're noticing what we are saying, what we are blabbing, if you will. We have to ask ourselves, then why? Usually people don't complain if things are good. Although there are rare cases. Have you ever blessed somebody and they didn't like the blessing? Let me, let me explain. I don't know, I, I, you know, because I don't have this completely accurate, but I have heard about it. Somebody won at one time, and I don't know who, so I'm just saying. They were giving, given money for their birthday and they were upset because the dollar bills were not new ones really they, they were the same value but they weren't new go to Lowe's get a ladder and get over that I'm just saying are you kidding me so why are you complaining what is the reason what's coming out of your mouth I'm telling you, when we start doing those kind of things, we are taking our eyes off the prize. We are taking our eyes off the promise. We're taking our eyes and putting them on the problem. And so the problem becomes magnified. It's much bigger now. And that's all we see, so that's all we want to talk about. We forget that God holds the answer. So we start blabbing, complaining, murmuring, grumbling. Gripe, if you will. Complaining, the root of complaining... I didn't like this, but I wrote it down because I got to do it too. Unbelief. When we complain and we are letting that come out and we are doing that and it's part of our... And I'm not saying you got to be perfect, so please. That's why, thank God, his mercies are new every morning. Come on, somebody say amen. But, it, but we have to understand the authority that we're under. We are, we are saying unbelief. God, I don't think you're big enough to handle this problem. I'm going to complain about it until you handle it. I just, I don't know that you can. You could do it for somebody, but I don't know. So we have these issues that are going on. So our first thought this morning, if we're a blabbermouth, be aware. Be aware of what's coming out. Be aware of what you're talking about. What you 
could say or not say. It could be toxic. Or the Bible says, call things as not as though they are. You know what that means? I mean, when we say that, we're just, oh, that's, yeah, call things as not as though they are. That means you're seeing something. It's not the way you want it to be. You are calling it the way you want it to be before you see it be that way. That's faith. Anybody can call something when they see it. I see that. Yep, okay. You put a zebra in a bunch of ponies, I can, there's a zebra. Okay, I get it. But what if you were wanting a zebra and there isn't one over there? Well, I'm going to believe we're going to get some zebras over there. I don't know if you're a horse trader. I'm just saying. You're beginning to see, like, God, help me with this. Help me to be aware of what I say. The Bible says life and death is in my mouth. This is how what you say gets life. You say it. So listen to this. Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. For you to hear it, it must be spoken. So it works on both sides of the fence. So you can get faith by hearing and then by saying, say to this mountain, Jesus said. Or you can get the opposite, fear. How many knows fear is founded in unbelief and doubt? And you can let that surface by hearing and saying. That's how this gets life, is by what we say, what we speak. Here's some facts about complaining. It spreads. It's like acne. If you're a teen, you'll appreciate that. (laughs) It starts with a few people. Remember, we just read scripture. They started in their tents. They, they started murmuring in their tents. It started maybe with just a, a few. And then that goes out and out and out. And I'm not saying, there's nobody in here perfect. We've all been guilty of it. I, I get it. But we want life better than what we have it. Would you like to say, God, you know, and I, I don't want to just dream about stuff. I want to see stuff happen. Check this out. Now, we had a service, the last Wednesday service, and even before then, we were praying for people and believing for their healing. This is how everything happens in the kingdom. We confess, believe in our heart, and do not doubt. Confess, so we hear, believe, do not doubt, and it happens. We've had people get healed. Rashes were on their body, gone. Jack is here somewhere. Jack had a lump the size of maybe like an M&M peanut back here, maybe a little bigger. He said, Pastor, this is causing me pain. We, you know, you pray for that. I said, we'll agree. We got some people. We agreed. You know what God did? He doesn't have a lump there anymore. It's gone. Why? Because that's how things happen. We spoke that, believed we would see it go down, we would see it disappeared, called it done. Did it happen right then? I don't care. It makes no difference to me. But it didn't happen right then. But he had to walk away with, I'm healed. Why? Because we spoke it, we believed it. It's contagious. Positive speaking is contagious as well. Don't you want to hang out with somebody that just makes the room bright? You know, there's people that come into a room and you're glad they came. There's people that come into a room and you're glad when they go. I want to be the first one. I want to be, hey, hey, he's here. Yeah. I want to do that. I don't want to be like, oh, thank God he's gone. Keep a positive attitude and a positive outlook. And it's going to take you a lot further than if you have a negative 
outlook and a negative attitude and a complaining mouth. Complaining is looking for something, and I'll tell you what it's looking for. It's looking for strife. Deuteronomy 1, the murmuring, complaining led to division, dissension. Because complaining doesn't bring health with it. It doesn't bring life. It brings death. It has a price tag. The enemy is good at saying things to you. He can put thoughts in your mind. And you know how those thoughts become reality is when you speak them. But they come with a price tag. Have you ever said anything you wish, like, shouldn't have said that? How many knows it's hard to take words back? It's real easy to spit them out, though, isn't it? Ooh, if it feels good, do it. We've all been there. The Bible says this, the Israelites, they, they complained about so many things. They blabbered about so much stuff. Well, we, manna, 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 manna. We don't have any meat. We don't have any meat. And they got all that. And the Bible says it gave them leanness of soul. You know what your soul is? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. So what you think, the things that you want to do, and the way that you feel. How does that stay healthy? We have got to guard our hearts and our minds against blabbing the wrong thing. You've heard this phrase before, I'm sure. If we complain, we remain. Sometimes that scenery doesn't change because you need to look at what you've been saying. There's a lot of things that happen when we talk. Some days we talk like this. God's got it, he's got it, he's got it. Oh man, it's gonna be good. And then we leave this place because it's easy in this atmosphere because people, they, they get together, they like that and it's all good, I get it. But then when you get home and you look at Ohio Edison, you look at Columbia Gas or whatever you're facing, whatever, then it's like, oh, we're never gonna get out of the And out of the other side of your mouth, you say something different than what you said just an hour or so before. Again, I'm not bashing you because... I probably have a few t-shirts on some of that stuff. All I'm telling you is we have to understand we need to get this under control. Things will change, but you are literally the change agent in your world. Jesus already did it. I'm going to say that one more time. Jesus already did it. He is not going to the cross again. When he said it is finished, he said, I have given you everything you need to take this thing, to take wherever you're at, and God wants to make that better for you. So if we start believing that and we start walking that out, here's our second thought. Be genuine. We live in a world of comparing. Be you. You're the only one God made. Be you. Be who you are. I mean, not to quote the whole song because I wouldn't agree with all the song, but I did it my okay. I mean, God wants to use you, and he wants you to do it his way, but your way. Now, certainly this isn't Burger King, but it is about saying, I'm submitting to my father, and he is going to use, come on, the talents and gifts that he's put inside me to get what he wants done, and I am the person that he wants to do this particular job. In a puzzle piece, if you miss the one piece, it, it makes the whole puzzle. Nobody wants to put a thousand-piece puzzle together and then find out you're one piece short. Then you're like, you've taken all these hours to put it together and somewhere there's a piece missing. Be the piece that God wants you to be. Be who you are. Be 
the one that he's created you to be. When we compare ourselves with others, then we find ourselves, well, I don't sing like this person. I don't speak like this. I'm not a mechanic like this person. I, I'm not good at this. I'm not a sports figure. I'm not this. I'm not. So what? You're not supposed to be because you're not them. And I'm just telling you, I've learned this myself because we pastored on the east side of Columbus and I was friends with a national speaker. I mean, not like we hung out all the time together. So I don't want to give you the impression that, you know, I'm like over at his house watching football games all the time. But um, I did get invited to go to a football game, got to fly on this jet, and that was really cool. And I was like, you know, I was kind of like, oh, man. So it was fun. But what happens is you do start, whoever you start esteeming or who you start going, oh, and you hang out with, you start becoming like that. And I remember getting in the pulpit, and it, it, sometimes it happens you don't even, you don't even see it. But those that are around you see it. I remember speaking, and I, and I was thinking, man, yeah, oh. And don't you love somebody that's close to you that can say, I love you. Can I share something with you? It's usually going to be your spouse. So Pastor Kim says, you know, honey, that was a great message. That was really good. I said, thanks. She said, but you're not him. Quit trying to be him. Be you. We already have one of him. Or we don't have you. Be you. That conversation was not fun to hear. But it changed everything for me. It made me go, that's right. Because somewhere along the line, I wasn't being genuine. I was trying to be somebody I'm not. Be who you are. Let God use the gifts he's given you. When we compare, we get away from God and we give complaining a voice and we give this and inadequacies. We have doubt and unbelief. We, we start putting them in a place to grow. It is bait by the enemy. We get away from the mindset of Christ. What happens is when we get away from God, we get a selfish spirit. You know, Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. You can look that up in the word. And to serve. He came to serve. The first will be last. The last will be first. I mean, he switched everything. He does all of that stuff. He came to serve. He came to love one another. He came to show that God is love. And to do that, we've got to learn how to, how to serve. But what happens is we have an entitlement spirit. There's so many, not everybody, and I'm not saying anybody in here has that, but we've all come up against it where people somehow think that hey, you owe us a living. We have people that they don't know how to work. They just want to work the system. How many know what I'm talking about? But God says he wants to bless the work of your hands. When I was a kid growing up, I could ask my dad for money. I wasn't going to get it. We're not going to go into that. <laughs> but this is how I got money. My mom is here and she can tell you. In the, in the fall, I raked leaves. In the summer, I mowed yards. In the winter, I shoveled snow. And I got real good at it. And I got paid for it. Then I got a paper route. And I got, you know, I got paid for that. And I started saying, okay, this is, what I, this is how I was going to get it. But what my dad did for me is made me have an ethic that I need to get up and work. Everything isn't going to be handed to me.
Here's our thought number three. Know the password. We live in a day where everything has a password. Some of you in here probably got 15, 17, 20 passwords for every account you have, and you don't remember which is which. And I've got a journal of passwords. You know, I don't know. What I'm talking about a password is if we're watching what we blab, watching what comes out of our mouth, what's the password to get something so that we can fix this? What are the words to say? Jesus did it so well. He said, if you hear me say it, I heard my father say it. God, let me be like that. Let me hear, God, you say something to me and let me say that. So many times I say stuff that I shouldn't say. So what do we do? If we've been complaining, if you've, you know what, Brett, I've been blabbing about stuff and it's probably not been the best. I've been through a bunch of stuff and I get it and I understand. I'm not saying that you're not human. What I'm saying is then I'm asking you to find out what are you doing? What are you saying? So I want you to dig deep. Here's a depth charge question. Why are you complaining? Is it because things are coming against you? Just understand, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He is after your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. So you can't function in the kingdom of God because you're so preoccupied with the problems of life and all of the stuff. But God is above the stuff. Did you know that Jesus can walk above the natural that's why he could walk on water he can do the supernatural and he said if you've seen me do it you can do greater so you can walk above your problem but you got to watch what you're blabbing you got to know what the password is if there's something this has been a snag the whole time Brad. every time this comes up this is what i deal with then look at it because something you've been talking is giving life to something that's not what god wants So when I dig deep, we find out those things, then we ask or we expect answers. In that faith, if I'm going to ask God, he says, if you ask for wisdom, I'll give it to you. The great thing about being with the Holy Spirit and having God's Spirit inside you is that is the connection. He can tell you everything. He's shown me where lost stuff was. He's shown me. The other day, I lost lost a couple credit cards of which we don't even activate. But I didn't even want to, you know, you don't want to lose those. Because somebody called that number, your credit card is now activated. <laughs> I don't want anybody else to get that. I don't even use it. We don't have anything on it. But I'm like, oh, God, what, what happened to those? I just saw those. And so right away, I'm looking at the circumstance of what am I going to do? What, okay, because now that's screaming loud. Well, the natural thing is you call the bank and say, hey, we need to just cancel those cards. I mean, you know, deactivate or whatever that is. Just make those cards no good. So I thought, well, if I can't find it, I'll do that. Here's the other thing. It's kind of like the Lord saying, uh, uh, Brett, Brett, hi. Um, I'm right here. If you ask me, we'd probably get to the bottom of this. So once I got through the emotional part of dealing with that, I'm like, Lord, you know where these cards are. And I'm thinking he's probably like, well, it's about time. <laughs> so he shows me in my mind a picture where these cards are. Where to go and look at. And I'm like, okay. So I went, opened up the buffet. I had stuck them in a Walmart bag. (laughs) I was stealing my own cards. (laughs) But he showed me where they were. And I went to Kim because, I mean, I told Kim, I said, have you seen those cards? She goes, I didn't move them. I said, I'm not saying you did. I don't know where they are. And then the Lord showed me. I said, found the cards. 
And I had as soon as I found out, I'm like, thank you, God. Why am I telling you that? Because here in the next month, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Because of those gifts of God, because of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you, because of the overflow, you can find the things that you're questioning about. He can show you right where that is. I just went right out, opened the door, looked in that bag, and this is what I'm thinking. Come on! And I'm like, I know I'm going to find these cards in here. Matter of fact, I would have been shocked if they wouldn't have been in there. I'd have been like, but they were there just like it was shown in my brain. Expect answers. Then have an attitude of gratitude. Be optimistic. Everybody loves people that are at least happy and think good thoughts. You know, I know this isn't Disney World and Peter Pan and Pollyanna and all that, but... I'd rather be around, again, people that are happy and are optimistic than people that are negative and always just like that will just, you love them, but they will drain the very life from your being. <laughs> Let me explain. My sister, she uh, made these, she, when she was a, a teenager, she started baking. And I, I'm telling you, anybody knows my sister, th that woman can cook. She just can flat out get it. I mean, she would like, Emerald would be like, bam, oh, because she's, she's just good. Anyway, she made these things called lemon bars. I'm sure you've heard of them. And me being the brother, I was always the test person. <laughs> I made these lemon bars. Here, come and try them. She gave me one of those, and I'm like, oh, sweet. Yeah, because they're covered in powdered sugar on the top. I'm making you a little hungry right now. But anyway, she gave that to me. I put that lemon bar in my mouth. And she had, she had thought she put sugar in, and she, but it was salt. So she mixed them. So she put what she thought was a, a cup or whatever of supposedly sugar was salt. I bit into that lemon bar, and every bit of moisture in my body said, we are out of here. I mean, just like, mm. she goes, are they good? That's what happens when you get around somebody that's negative. It's just like it wants to just suck everything out of you almost instantly. And you love them, but you're like, you know why? They live in the world of negativity because that is what is coming out of their mouth. That is what they are blabbing all the time. Now, blabbing sounds like a rude word, but that is what they're speaking. Somebody... You know them. Maybe it's you. I don't know. Make complaining an art form. It's just habitual all the time. And sometimes they'll take Sunday off. Maybe. <laughs> I, uh, I did the, I'm, I, you know, I'm just being as real as I can. I'm, trust me. I am no stretch of the imagination perfect. I'm just I'm being as genuine as I can be. Yesterday, yesterday, this is how God is still working on me. I'm taking Maddie to work. We live two miles from Myers. And I get behind someone, and the light, I hope you're not in here. If you are, I love you. If you're watching online, I love you still. The light is green, but they are not moving. It turned green, turned red, and then there's an arrow light that turns to go green. And I'm behind them, and I'm waiting because I'm going to get her to work. And I'm like, okay, are you going to go? <laughs> and the light is still green. And I'm, this is what I'm thinking. Should I honk the horn? And Maddie is right beside me. 
obviously. And uh, so finally, I, th- I don't want to go, because I hate that. If somebody does that to you, do you hate that? Because then you, you want to respond in Christian love all the time, don't you? <laughs> I love you. Yeah, I've had people tell me I'm a number one driver, and I don't like the finger they're using for that. <laughs> but I just tooted the horn real quick. Beep, beep. And the light goes off, and they still don't move. I'm like, I turned back and said, great! Green means go! And so I start complaining. I start blabbing. All of these things like that, I mean, is it inevitably wrong? I'm not saying that's like, oh, that's a terrible sin. What I'm saying is, those are chances for me to change my environment, change my inner self. To be like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if they're on their cell phone. I don't know. I don't know. if Maybe they're going through something. Maybe they're just, they're, they were, I, I have no idea. There was no compassion in any of my mouth or my heart. It was just, do you not know how to drive? Do you not know this is a gas pedal, this is a brake. Let's go through this one more time. And I even told Maddie, I said, I hope they see the light this time. Okay. I'm just being as honest as I can. The Lord is still working on me. I don't need to do that. I need to take those opportunities and let God change me. They're there. Two traits about complaining and grumbling. If you're going to blab negative stuff, here's number one. Your perspective is off. Perhaps you feel like we talked about entitled or there's a gratitude problem. Um, you know, it's hard for me to imagine if you got, say, $10 bills and you're upset because it's, they're not new. Okay. Grumbling comes as a response usually to pain or problems or maybe you're just edgy because you've been through a lot. And I, it's life, I, I understand. And sometimes... Life is overwhelming, and sometimes we snap or we're quick to say something. But aren't we supposed to to be the ones that are saying we don't need to judge because some stuff could happen to us as well, but we need to have grace and mercy and love? You know, love isn't saying I agree with how you acted. Love is saying I love you no matter how you acted. Love isn't saying I agree with what you choose. Love is saying I love you because that's what I'm supposed to do. Because God first loved me. That's what God wants us to get to. Whenever we're tempted to murmur or complain, maybe we should look back at some of the great things God has done. My wife journals, so she writes things that God has done. You know, we've been in ministry nearly 30 years, and there are miracles that God has done, the places that God has where we live and all of the things and how God has done what he's done and the breakthroughs that we've had. You know why? Because it accounts for like, God, you get the credit for this. Can I say in Hebrews says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews 13, 8. If he did it before, come on somebody, he'll do it again. God has been so amazing to us and it is because of him we live, we move, we have our being. We start doing all this and recognizing David built memorials for God. 
Those kind of things. Those things, you know, in the places that we've lived, in the places that we've done, the things that God has done, there have been just monuments of how he's been so good. Look back at how he's helped you before. Look at those things instead of what you're facing now. If it's discouraging, thank God for where you're at because he's about to break through and show himself strong. There's people that look at different things that, you know, oh, God, why me? I got, you know, my car broke down, and it's $400 to fix it. The dishwasher's on the blank. The, the, uh, um, the laundry or the, the washer is not working right. The refrigerator doesn't keep things cold. Oh, Lord, we have this. The air conditioner's not working right. And we go on and on and on. And we just, why? How come you did that for them? Why won't you do it for me? And we get back to all of that comparing again. Think about what I'm saying. We're taking our eyes off the promise, putting them on the problem. And we are giving life to the problem instead of saying, Father, I thank you. You know, some of us, we complain about a job. You know, there's people that can't find a job. Some of them won't work at finding a job. But there are some people that, you know, another, you're, you're born in America, the home of the free, the land of the bread, all of that stuff. You could be born in Bangladesh. There's people in different poverty-stricken countries that are digging for food in trash. But we are born in America. Father, thank you that I have a car. Thank you that you know I have a dishwasher, I have a washer. Thank you for this. Depending on how you want to put, you just got to start looking at saying, all right, if it's not working, then my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. Either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. So either you're starting to believe, I believe this thing. So I'm just asking, who is the source? God is not the source of your complaints. Remember, it's the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And here's number two of this. There are trust issues. We really don't trust God. We say we do. But things get cloudy when the road gets tough. We're not trusting God. Think of the Israelites. I mean, just think about this. They start thinking back and said, you know, it wasn't so bad back in Egypt. We had all kinds of food to eat by the pots, all kinds of meat. No, they didn't. They exaggerate stuff. They, you know, they forget about the, the lashings and the, they had to make bricks and, you know, and they got, they, they got penalized for other stuff so that it was harder for them to make it. They got things taken away and more hours. It was terrible. People of them died. But they were just trying to go back, and sometimes don't we do that? They forget the taskmaster. So what's the cure? Brett, what's the answer? How do we break if we've been in the past, it's just been so easy to be a blabbermouth? How do we break it? Here's number one. we got to walk in the spirit, not the flesh. we got to start saying, God, you got to show me. Remember we talked about the password. Talked about the path. Show me what to say. Sometimes, you know, you shouldn't say anything. That's not so easy. The Bible talks about, you know, if we talk a lot, you got more chance to say something wrong. Walk in the spirit, not the flesh. Ask for his understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. 
but start acknowledging, God, you will light my path. You will show me the way. You will, if the door shuts, you're going to open a window. You're going to show me how this works. You're going to help me because you are my refuge. It is in you who I trust. When we start proclaiming and declaring life like that, you are putting angels on the job. This is on-the-job training for some of them. I mean, when you start speaking life, God's saying, let's go, let's go, let's go. Gleesman's down there. He's calling for help. Let's do this. And angels are dispatched because you are speaking life. I've asked God to help me put a century on my mouth. You know what a century is? Like a guard. Sometimes you just like, and I'll tell you. Well, that worked out. <laughs> Guess that makes sense when the microphone gets that close. Then so sorry. Put a century on my mouth. In other words, Father, help me to know when there's a check in my spirit not to say anything or to say the right thing. Are you with me? There's times that, I mean, there's been stuff that I, I, I just learn so much from people that are doing what I want to do or be at the place I want to be because it matters who you hang out with. You know, one of the, the people that I learn stuff from is, is my wife. And I do get to hang out with her, so that's kind of cool. But, you know, just, just like little things. You need to say this, or you should say this, or I'll be saying something. She'll go, no, 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 no. Don't put it in that form. Put it in the past. Because life is in your mouth. So I'm not speaking it to continue. I'm saying in the past, this is what happened. Then I have to ask myself, do I even really need to talk about the past when it's negative? Put your hand to it, number two. If you're aware of his spirit, he's going to give you opportunities to turn the ship around. I have some people will say, do you know how long it takes to turn a ship? Bigger the ship, wider the turn sometimes. Sometimes you've been doing it for a long time. If it's been an art form for you, it might take a long time to get that baby moved around there. But I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible. So how do you do it? You just start saying, if you put a censure over your mouth, God, help me put my hand to this. When do you feel like I'm blabbing the wrong thing? You'll know when it is. You know when it is. Ask the Holy Spirit to check you. And then stop. If you don't know what to say, don't say anything. There's times, and this is what I've learned from my wife. This is what I was saying before. There's times, and we didn't even, I didn't even understand the, how this works, but it works. One of the children were, were sick. And I've told you this story before, but I'm just going to go over it really quickly. They, they had a fever, and she was talking to somebody on the phone, and this is what they said. She had said, we've been praying, and we need this fever to go down, something like that. And the person on the other end said, well, you know, fevers generally, they always go up at night. And she said, mm-hmm, yep. And the conversation ended a couple minutes later, and we were praying and praying, and so she went to God, listen, and said, God, why is this thing not going away? Now, if I get this wrong, she can help me. But he said, because you got an agreement with what was said on the phone. And what was said on the phone was fevers go up. And she said, uh-huh. Now, you would think 
that just, uh-huh. But you're in agreement with what was just said. And you've been trying to rebuke this fever, but yet on the other side of your mouth, you're saying, I'm expecting it to go up. So she said, I break that in Jesus' name. Because once he showed her that, she put her hand to it. Say amen to that. She said, here's the reason, and God showed it to me. Ba-bam. And do you know the fever went down? And within less than an hour, the fever was... Why? Because she put her hand to the word of God. Here's number three. Have patience. Hebrews says faith and patience bring the promise. So you're going to have to believe. You know, some people, again, if we're in an instant society, I'm going to pray and I want it right now. You think you're J.G. Wentworth. It's my money and I want it now. You start praying. You start believing. You start confessing. And you start confessing that's how everything happens in the kingdom confess with your mouth believe in your heart and do not doubt i'm going to say it one more time confess with your mouth believe in your heart and do not doubt when you believe you put your hand to it faith without works is dead god whatever you say i'll do if you tell me to walk that way i'll walk this way if you say don't go to the left or to the right i won't if you tell me to sit still i'll sit still if you tell me to stand i'll stand if you tell me to pray i'll pray god whatever you tell me to sow i'll sow it's not mine anyway if you will believe god and confess and put your hand to it and walk and have the patience to no matter how long god i know it's going to happen i don't care if it's one day one minute two days two years two months come on somebody he is the god and he'll take care of it but you got to believe and know that god he has already done it he's already done it you have to see it done and thank him for it he's already assured me of success so I want to say, all right, well, then I'm going to be optimistic. If you believe in me, I'm going to believe in you. And I'm going to take that what you say, and I'm going to believe every word of it to be true. You know what's amazing? Jesus goes to Lazarus's tomb, and he already declares. He's just asleep. I'm just going to bring him up. They say, what if Jesus wouldn't have said, Lazarus? That's my Jesus voice. What if he would have just said, y'all come out. Everybody in here, come on. Ollie, ollie, oxen free. All you dead people, come to me. I don't know. You know, they would have, could you imagine the whole graveyard? But because he was specific. That's how faith is. I don't know what you're going through. But I do know I have a God that knows everything you need. And I do know that he supplies all of my need and yours according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I know I can put my hand to it. And God, if I have faith in you and you've told me to do it, it's as good as done. And it doesn't matter if I got to wait one minute, one day, one month, one year. It doesn't matter. It's as good as done. And I will act and rejoice now before it even comes to pass in the natural. Amen. So with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what? PB, I've, I have been, and I need help, I have been a blabbermouth in the negative sense. But I want to start telling the goodness of God. I want you just to put your hand up, put it back down. I promise I won't embarrass you. Yes, me too. I'd have my hand up. Yep. Yes. Maybe, maybe you're saying, you know what, PB, I, I just need 
I need to put Jesus in my heart in such a way that he is my main focus. I mean, I believe in God. Listen to me. The devil believes in God. You need to get past even that and say, God, you are going to be my Lord and my Savior. If you want me to pray that with you, I want you to put your hand up. I'll pray with you.